Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Barricade Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, sold out. With me, your host, Freddy Aloso, with my co-host, the Devil's Advocate, Robert Fain. Well, guys, in, in an act of desperation, my uh, what happened on today, today's date in wrestling history... Um, if, like anybody cares, the 24-7 title changed in three times. Our truth surprisingly, Bo Dallas and Drake Maverick. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> our other co-host, Anthony, the Blackbeard Encyclopedia. And gentlemen, I'm being forced down people's throats. Only reason I'm down your throat is because you keep your mouth open. I'm the best performer of this generation, period, and the title is finally in the right hands for it to hold true value. Although Shouldn't I, I have said that? True. <laughs> true. <laughs> but for those nice. of you wondering what that is, that's our Tweet of the Week from the reigning, defending WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Put some respect on his name. Oh, get the fuck out of here. You know what? I've always said if he was heel, I might be okay with him winning the belt. Well, I guess that theory's been proven wrong. But that was in response to a tweet from a fan named Ed Morgan who said, Roman being forced down people's throats again. Such an overrated performer. The belt has changed hands so many times, it just has no prestige. Rubbish. And that was Roman's response. Nice. So, uh, we'll keep this short, sweet, and to the point. Thoughts on payback? Why don't we go with the, uh, we'll go with the negative guy in the room, Rob. Thoughts on payback. Uh, I'm trying to remember what happened. Um, uh, I was one of the people that thought, um, the Keith Lee, Randy Orton thing made absolutely no sense. Um, and I know one of our topics we're going to discuss about being people being pushed too quickly. And I don't understand in the middle of a, a title run by Randy Orton why you would throw in a loss to someone who the night before wasn't even on the show. Um, so I don't really get it. I thought the whole the whole show on a whole was uh, okay. I don't know. I don't really. Um, you know, one thing I, I would suggest is Big E get a new finisher because that finisher looks ridiculous. Uh, it's right up there, in my opinion, with John Cena's finisher. Um, if they're really going to push him as a single, they really should give him a better move. All right. Freddie? Extremely predictable. You could see everything coming from a mile away. We all knew Roman was going to come out champion at the end of it. Uh, it was just a matter of time when he was going to come out and, you know, kind of cash in his contract of him uh, jumping into the match and taking the belt. Um, Sasha or Sasha and Bailey losing the belts to um, Nia and Shayna Baszler. The reason why Steven's not on the show is he's spending some special quality time with his girl Shayna Baszler. Two of the worst actors I think I've ever seen. When they won those belts, it was like, what were they doing? Yeah. Oh, 
Right? I mean, very... Shayna looked, could not act what's at all, and Nia was running around like, you know, like she, you know, won the lottery or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. But it was very reminiscent to when they put the belts on Triple H and Austin. You put together two of your main eventers in that division, and you have them feud against each other, but also be tag team champions at the same time. We're really in trouble if Nia Jax is a main eventer in the women's division. Who is she in that? Is she Austin or Triple H? <laughs> I, I don't know. Here, I'll save you. It's the second coming of Andre the Giant and Haku as the Colossal Connection. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. That could work. Um, and then the whole Keith Lee thing. That was the, the only curveball. I feel like it didn't make sense to have him win. But if you're going to push him up to the main roster, you can't have him lose so quickly because then he loses credibility from coming up. So it's kind of a lose-lose, if you ask me. Bringing him up that quickly and throwing him in a match with Randy Orton, you could have thrown him in a squash match against somebody to build this character up before you have him feud against Orton. I mean, didn't they have him squash Ziggler like the very next week or soon after why couldn't they have done it that in that order i actually think dolph actually got more offense in than randy orton did <laughs> well that's the other thing i mean randy orton is a how many time champion and keith lee beat him in like 10 minutes you know yeah. in that theory he should be able to beat uh mcintyre in like eight 30 seconds yeah because yeah, i mean mcintyre is a one-time champion right so i mean it, i don't know i don't yeah. know if i go that far but it's bizarre the super pushes in for keith lee and like you guys said randy orton's not in a title he's not a, the champion but he is in a title program um he's still number one contender after monday night raw so what did that really accomplish why did keith lee debut against randy orton and we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go along i yeah, I've never liked the big ending, so uh, Rob, I'll, I agree with you on that. Um, I don't think anyone thought King Corbin was beating Matt Riddle, thank fucking God, because I was afraid Vince was going to pull the swerve there. I think, as far as Baszler goes, I think she's, at least she's trying to act natural, at least with the backstage segments. Yeah, the in-ring one was bizarre. Um, there is a rematch on SmackDown. I don't think this is going to be a short title reign, but then again, they might decide oh let's put the belts back on bailey and sasha banks quickly just to tease that dissension but we're going to keep holding off on that match until there's a crowd again i don't freaking know um the other the thing that really threw me is we've got guys that uh, and gals for that matter they pay their dues they work their way up i mean even though charlotte is a main event player pretty quickly. The fact of the matter is she did go down NXT and yeah, she started her training in NXT, but she started in NXT. Dominic Mysterio was already in a match to qualify for a possible number one contender spot in the world title picture. Really? You couldn't have slotted somebody else in. You just figured out Ray Mysterio had a tricep tear right as you were going to air. Why didn't you put someone else in that spot? I, I don't know. Um, and that's one of the things wanted to discuss with you guys tonight so let's get into that 
we're seeing an era where, and this isn't just in WWE, we've seen it in AEW. It seems like the quick push is in. We've seen it with Dominic. We've seen it with Keith Lee. We saw it with Matt Riddle beating AJ Styles in his first match. We saw it. We've seen it in AEW with the last few title contenders for that AEW title. Brody Lee and Brian Cage debuted, and within two months we're getting title shots. Now, you could go back further in history. Kevin Owens debuted on the main roster and went to a three-match series with John Cena. And you could argue that since then, with the exception of that Universal title reign, which he always played really second fiddle to someone else on the main event picture... He really hasn't been that big since then. Uh, Razor Ramon. Sorry, Freddie, I'm going to bring this one up. Razor Ramon was pushed to the main event within two to three months of his debut. He was main eventing Survivor Series with Ric Flair against Macho Man Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect, and then got a title shot two months later against Bret Hart at the Royal Rumble. And then the opposite, you got a guy like Diesel who played bodyguard for the first 11 months of his career, but once he got in the ring for WWE, within six months he had won all three major titles. Now... He might be the exception to the rule, but what do you guys think about the quish push? Is that ruining too many careers? Is that the way to go? Is that the short attention span we as fans might have that's contributing to that? What do you guys think? Hey, yo. Chico. That's my guy, man. That's <laughs> Hold on. my guy. Hold on, guys. Uh, special guest on the show is Razor Ramon. Go ahead. I'll say this. I think Dominic is a direct result of Rey Mysterio re-signing his new contract. And honestly, I don't think he did his son any favors. Uh, the boy is not ready for prime time. Um, when it comes to debuting, um, I have... I, I think in some cases it's okay. In other cases it isn't. And I'll give you my examples. I think Charlotte, as much as I can't stand her... I could see them shot putting her to the top of the card because of the name. She's got that. She's got abilities, and then she's got that extra part, which is Ric Flair. So I honestly could understand that one. Um, Keith Lee is a is a one of a kind talent. I can understand why they'd want to push him to the top of the card. I don't know why you would pick Randy Orton, especially if Randy Orton's not in a in a title situation with Drew McIntyre. I guess I get it. You were always saying Randy Orton doesn't put anybody over. Well, okay, he put he, he put Keith Lee over, right? So, but not in the middle of a title picture. And then having him lose on Monday night, not right in that three-way. I mean, he didn't get pinned, but he didn't get the title shot. Matt Riddle, I don't really get. I didn't really follow that one. Diesel, I mean, look, you know, the, that one to me was a situation where there was nothing going on. They needed something, right? That was one of the worst times in WWE history. So that people, for some reason, wanted him pushed. And then when he won the title, nobody cared. He was another one of those guys where it was all about the pursuit. And then once he got it, they couldn't get him a challenger to save his life, right? I mean, he was fighting with guys like Mabel and things like that. I just thought of another example. What about Goldberg? Goldberg is a one-of-a-type talent. Again, I, I, uh, whereas I don't love him, he had the look. He had they, – they, they did him right. I mean, they put him in the ring and they let – but you know what? He didn't go in and beat – the top guys right away. He did steamroll over opponents, but they, they put him through the mid-carters first. He even won the U.S. title first. Then he, he moved up to the world right? title picture. So I can I can be behind that. As much like him or hate him, they did him right. 
What I, I see, and I would I would question that because he beat Hogan for the title. They never did that rematch, and within a week of that, his first title defense was against Kurt Henning, and then from there he moved to Diamond Dallas Page. It was like once he got all the way up to Hogan so quickly that they never really did he really ever have an opponent of that caliber again. Diamond right, Dallas Page wasn't about... looked at that highly at that point, right? And but, then ma- maybe Kevin there? Nash is borderline. Was that a Goldberg issue, or was that a Hogan not wanting to do business with Goldberg? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're talking about Goldberg. We're talking about that build to the title, not once yeah. he got it. But well, see, I'm, I'm and I'm I'm including that in there, I guess, because uh, Diesel. We brought up Diesel. Yeah. So, I mean, so now what's next for someone like Keith Lee? Now he goes into the mid card, like because that's what happened to Matt Riddle. Matt Middle's in the mid card now. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, I. And I'm trying to think who's a main event player on that Raw roster right now that you could have Keith Lee go over. Right. And I mean, who would be feuding with? Because he's not in the title picture right now. Right. And yeah. and that's part of the problem with, with really both rosters. There's a lack of main eventers all around. They're kind of in a rebuilding mode. So. Yeah. And I mean, with Matt Riddle, once he beat Styles, he lost when the title was on the line. So the initial push was there, and then they kind of. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do it, if you're going to have Keith Lee debut, have him come up, have him win that triple threat match, and have him beat Drew McIntyre. If that's the way you want to do it, and then go from there. Yeah, if you want to skyrocket him to the top at that point, yeah. Right, I mean, he could. He was an NXT champion. I mean, you know, but to me, like, he lost the title. He got beaten pretty badly. Yeah. And then he showed up on Raw and was like, like Superman. And I'm like, well, come on now. I mean... You could have given him a few weeks. You could have let him beat up someone like Ziggler and a couple other guys like that. But where's Robert Root? He's not doing anything. Let him kick his ass for a little while. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I think out of, I, I think of Root's case. It might, we haven't seen him since before COVID. I'm wondering if he's stuck in Canada. But I'm just saying someone of his caliber. I'm not saying necessarily him. I, he's the first name that popped in my head that I haven't seen in a while. Dolph would have made sense if you started it there. Right? I mean, have him, be, and have him squash Dolph and then have Dolph get pissed. And come out and attack them and have them have a couple of matches. And then, you know, that lets Orton and McIntyre settle their differences, whatever that's going to be. And then if you want to put Keith Lee in the title picture, you can start moving in that direction. Because then he's got a few wins against a few guys that have some credibility. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted someone that was upper mid-card and it's not Dolph who always loses lately... I guess the problem is he's in the U.S. title picture now, but you could have done somebody like a Lashley, and at least that would have been something. Uh-huh. Yeah, but, like then, Benjamin. but then you have the whole Hurt business, and that brings in a whole different yeah. game to it there. What you could have done is you could have had him show up, debut on Raw Underground, and fight Ziggler there. Then take it to a WWE ring where Ziggler gets pissed and say, well, you didn't beat me in a real match, you beat me here. Then you bring it to there, you have him beat him there, and then you push him all the way through. It brings him up through the whole system of Raw, and then you don't have him directly in the uh, in the uh, what main event picture. You have him, say, make a save on somebody in Underground, then fight Ziggler on Underground, then fight him in WWE. You set up a series, and then you push him over. It feels like to me... Vince is like saying, look, I took some of your NXT boys and I'm pushing them. They're on Raw now, right? They won some matches, but really there's no plan. Right. 
Right? I mean, Matt Riddle still has to fight Corbin again. The feud must continue. Right? Who cares? He's going to beat him. We know that already. Right. Keith Lee, where does he go? Now what? Where do you put him? End the feud with the Mysterios and have him face Seth Rollins. And then with the winner winning, and you think Orton's going to beat McIntyre, and then Keith Lee will will go after Orton because now then he has claim to the title. You, you cut. Well, that, that, that's the thing where it got a lack of main eventers on Raw. So yeah, that that's an issue. I'm just saying instead of starting, or you could have had Keith Lee. You bring back Big Show for a couple matches. I mean, God knows you freaking wasted him to facing Drew McIntyre right after he won the belt at WrestleMania. At least with Keith Lee, how impressive would that look if Keith Lee could do that sit-out power bomb to a Big Show, and then you could hold off on Seth Rollins a little bit? the The rosters have been weak, and they're kind of in a rebuilding mode across the board. So uh, the timing of COVID is kind of interesting because even looking at this entire Raw roster, even with the guys and gals we haven't seen on TV in months, there's not much there. It's slim pickings. You don't think Keith Lee should go after the U.S. belt, or you think that's still a Cruz thing? Uh because then you've got then you've got Lee Lashley for a little while. Well, it's that when you turn Cruz and then you have Lee chase after Cruz and the Hurt Business and have him run the gauntlet to get to Cruz. They're turning Cedric before they turn Cruz. That's been pretty well hinted at right now. I don't think you're going to see Cruz join that Cruise group. Turn. In mm. fact, I dare say that once this. I would dare say Cruz is going to end up playing father to Cedric once he joins her business, and then we probably won't see Cruz for a while because, I, unfortunately for Cruz, I just think it's been an epic failure and they brought him up from NXT way too quickly. Yeah. And that might also be why we're seeing... it. Could You know what? We could end up seeing maybe it's Keith Lee versus Aleister Black. Maybe they're going to have Black over KO. I don't know. Yeah, but then you, you, you ruin Black at that point too because you have to push Lee. So if you're trying to push another guy up to that main event status, then you kind of hurt his stock because you're going to have to have him lose against. Freddie, you know, if you hadn't noticed, they don't they don't care about Aleister Black. That's true. right. Right. So I can see them definitely throwing him in Keith Lee's path and Keith Lee just running over him. I mean, what has Aleister Black done in the last six months except except run after the Mysterios? Right. That's true. Yeah. So that's true. They couldn't even let him beat Seth Rollins. Yeah. You had him play second fiddle to yeah, you're right. By the way, when Keith Lee came out for that match at Payback, did anyone when he was walking out think he that was like the second incarnation of Saba Simba with that outfit he was wearing? Why why do you change his whole getup? <laughs> Overnight. Right. It doesn't make sense. It no. worked at NXT. Just keep it. Like you're not repackaging him. His name is still Keith Lee. It's not like you're changing his name or his finishing move. His or... name is Lee Keith. Get it right. Yeah. Or just Lee. <laughs> At this point, they'll just the way WWE does. It'll be either Keith or Lee. Like you know, like same way with Biggie Langston. Now it's just Biggie. His name is going to be Lee Keeston. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> like Daniel Bryan. Just switch it up. Yeah. It's horrible. Well, and then uh, another thing that uh, I think has become an issue, uh, storyline advancement. We're either getting, I don't know if it's us as fans have too short of attention span or it's the number of pay-per-views and shows. There's just way too many or 
they can't figure out how to keep these guys moving. But it seems like there's a lot of we want we we want slow burn storylines, but sometimes a lot of times it's like they never get the timing right. It's either too little or too much. How long has Seth been feuding with the Mysterios? What are we going back to May now? How many different incarnations of this match are we going to see as well? It's like let's end this. Another another thing we've got this group Retribution that's been attacking people for. I think we're going back into July. There has not been one reveal. What the hell are they waiting for? How long do they think? I, I think the, I think at this point the fans have already been like, who fucking cares? I you don't know? think they know who's going to be in the final group. And that's why it keeps changing every week. Because you mm. see, well, it was uh, me and Yim and Mercedes this week. And then it was different. Like, they, they don't know. Remember the first time everybody was under like five foot five? And now you got like three giants in there. Like they they don't know who they're doing, and they don't know who they're going to bring up or what they're going to do yet. And I think that also has to do with the way NXT is right now, where guys are getting hurt and they have to reprogram what they're doing. Like this is like the anonymous raw GM all over again. Basically, one hundred. <laughs> they don't know who it is. Yeah, they're just going to keep ringing the bell. And I'm glad Retribution is causing all this trouble only on Raw. I'm glad they're not going to SmackDown Whew, and NXT. I feel very safe about that. Yeah, well, so much better. Yeah, yeah. I, you, you, well, I, I'll give I'll give one person credit. You know who came out looking good after that Retribution battle on Monday? Zelina Vega. She put up more of a fight during that segment than you see her put on in any one-on-one match they throw her into. I saw that girl throw a bunch of kicks. I was like, damn, why don't you do that when you're in a match? Another missing thing there, you had Retribution attacking Andrade and eventually Angel Garza and that bimbo from The Bachelor that nobody gives two shits about and Zelina Vega and the Street Profits. Where the fuck was Bianca Belair? She'll stand up when it's Zelina Vega getting it in her husband's face and poisoning him and all that shit. But when husband's getting beat down, bitch stay in the backstage. I feel like what you what you could do with retribution is you could have done like an NWO type style where you know they show up they kind of run that type of program and then you have them run amok everywhere not just keep them to roll have them show up do something here beat down somebody over here but have a meaning to it not just well we're just here to fuck shit up and then leave we already have that. There's a shirt for it. It's Roman Reigns. Wreck everyone and leave. And we know you ordered that as soon as that hit WWE shop. It's already on its way. Okay. All right. <laughs> I hope you waited until there was a sale price on it. I always laugh when people go to the arenas and pay like 28, 30 bucks for a t-shirt. And I'm the, my friends are always like, why don't you get one? I said, because I know I could go home and get it for half that price online. Yeah, I could buy one and get one for a dollar. <laughs> every Monday, it's like they're running that same sale. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I just I I'm okay with the slow burns. I just think because of the number of pay per views, they can't really you can't really go past two or three pay per views tops now. Uh, I think you got two months, three months max most of the time, or you got to break yeah. it up where it's like it might be slow enough where you don't see them facing each other every single pay per view. It might be every other. I don't know. They 
but they got to figure something out because by by the time they end a lot of these feuds, nobody cares. And I'm actually, uh, or it's taken them so long to build up to that match we've been expecting, Sasha and Bailey. Are we going to get to a point where nobody gives a shit? I don't know. I mean, like in the old days, they would have the main events and such, and the big payoffs would be at the big four pay per views, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, um, Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania. Why not do that? Have a feud run for two months, let it run through these two pay-per-views, and then have a big payoff match at Survivor Series or SummerSlam. Something yeah. big, and then squash it like that, like how you did with Undertaker and AJ Styles. It ran through a couple of sequences. They didn't necessarily have pay-per-view matches, mm-hmm. but the feud ran a couple months, and then you had the payoff at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, the prime example of something going back to 95, which I know was a downtime, so this is probably a terrible example. But we had the Diesel Sid feud that lasted three in your house pay per views, and then that was it. They moved on. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe that's these secondary pay per views, like your. Well, the problem is the secondary pay per views, you're talking about your money in the banks and your hell in the cells and Clash of Champions they, and TLCs. You've themed them so much that you've made it hard for those to take a step back a little bit. Um, where I th- feel like those specialty matches, except for maybe Money in the Bank, those specialty matches should really be thrown in when the feud dictates it. Um, I've been arguing that for years. Not just a just because. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, are they afraid they're going to lose network subscribers if they treat those secondaries more like an in-your-house style where the matches aren't quite as big? Well, <laughs> your ratings are dropping anyway. I don't think the subscri- number of subscribers are going down. Um, and this is, this problem has been going on for close to 10 years. Uh, this week, or actually it was last week, the newest epi- one of the newer episodes of WWE Timeline focused on the Christian-Randy Orton feud. They faced off like four times on pay-per-view in a row. And I'm watching the 45-minute timeline recap of it. And I'm but like halfway through it, I'm like, holy shit. Was this as annoying as I'm finding it now? And I'm only watching this for 25 minutes. And this damn thing went on for like four or five months. But the, the sucky thing is, is you get them every week on Raw. Mm-hmm. Every week on SmackDown. Yep. Add the pay-per-views. It's the same thing. How many different matches and reincarnations of the same match can you have between the same two performers on a consistent basis? They don't have to touch every week. They don't have to have a match. They Mm -hmm. can have a backstage segment. They can, you know, have a run in here. Like, it doesn't have to constantly be Randy Orton Sheamus every week as we got for 13 years, it felt like. Like, you can switch it up. You can have them in other matches. You can still have, like how they used to do, have a guy at commentary but still be at ringside. Like, it doesn't have to be a consistent, here's a match of them two in a tag match here. Like, save the confrontation for the pay-per-view, for the payoff. I just feel like it, it would make more sense that way. Well, and even the tag match idea, if you threw that at a pay-per-view... Then you prolong it a little bit, but you don't necessarily. Right. Exactly. You can run it an extra program, an extra month cycle or two months. Yeah. In and, that way. And no, folks, I am not endorsing Sid and Tatanga against Bam Bam Bigelow and Diesel. That was terrible. 
Just want to clear that up because I did mention Diesel Sid before. Um, well, like like you mentioned before, I, I didn't get to give my two cents on the, the go for push it. too to push too fast. Um, you had like the anomalies to the rule, like Flair when he came over to WWE, where he went directly into the main event picture. He won the Royal Rumble, got the belt, and Hogan left at that point, right? I believe that's when he left to WCW, or a little bit after that. Well, they, but here's the thing. Flair was well enough known that they brought him in with as the real world's heavyweight champion with exactly. the old big gold belt. And so he was in that main event picture. And they would blur it out on TV. Right. Yeah. But when they're coming from another company and they already had that main event run, it's kind of hard. But I, I'm going to be honest. Back then, I didn't know who the hell Ric Flair was. I just knew they pushed him to the moon. And I was at an age that I didn't really think much about it. Um, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure Rob would counter that um, with Flair almost immediately being put in that main event picture when he came to WWF in 1991. Do you feel like there's so we Flair exception to the rule with the quick push because oh, yeah. he was from NWO or NWO? Oh hell yeah! I mean, it was he was the hottest free agent at the time. It was a, a power play by the WWF all the way. Right, but if you're what I was saying is Freddie, um, is if you were a kid, like I was 11 years old, I didn't know who the hell Ric Flair was. I didn't get the NWA. Yeah, but I mean at that, but at that point you weren't really, you were were you who they were really pushing to? Uh, yes, they were. They, they've always pushed the kids. They didn't really get. They didn't really get away from pushing the kids until the Attitude Era. I, I think what you're, if if you've read about it, like I have, that was a big fu to the NWA. Because mm-hmm. there was there was a lot of power struggles going on at that time, and that was one of them. And and that's what Flair did. Flair, if you read Flair's book, he called Vince McMahon and said, "I'll bring you the NWA title. I'll bring it to you on TV." Yep. And if you remember, he, they they the NWA filed an injunction, and he had he was using a tag team belt or something, and they had to pixelate it and everything. Within a few months, yeah, I think it was like two months in. So I mean, it was it was quite a controversial move. I mean, people didn't do that at the time, right? Right. So I mean, uh, but he definitely deserved to be hot shotted to the top. I mean, it, it, look how it worked out. I mean, that's one of the 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 one of my favorite times in WWE history. That it, that time when Flair came in and won the Royal Rumble and all that, and Hogan was out. Yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, Flair. Moving over to the WWF in 1991 really kind of put the end to the four horsemen possibility of any sort of reunion for a couple years now. Um, speaking of groups or a tag team that got broken up um, for whatever reason, we saw the breakup of the Iconics this week and it was randomly thrown onto Monday Night Raw. It was barely announced ahead of time. I should have struck this. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to take this off the list. I don't care about them. Well, fuck you. We're going to talk about it anyway. Um, <laughs> so let me turn my mic off then. <laughs> why don't you go take another walk? Um, <laughs> well, and it's the same. Like, we got the new day where I I know I've said for a while, don't break them up. Did they really have to break up the Iconics on TV like that? I mean, and then kind of bastardized raw underground by having Peyton and Billy show up and Peyton threw Billy into that whatever they're calling that damn ring I, I don't know I would 
I was like, this was this wasn't even built up over weeks. It wasn't like a payoff. We just threw it away on a random raw. <laughs> Freddie and I are crying over the loss of the iconics. Oh, <laughs> I mean, if they should, they have, they should have, have it in memorandum memor- 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 at the beginning. Of- I, mean, I swear, I, if they do a segment <laughs> like that, I'm texting you and saying thank you, asshole. I hope they do. <laughs> had had they done more for anything in their division or made any more type of impact in the wrestling business other than being the first girls from Australia... I don't even know which one's which, so. <laughs> That's not true. There were some Australian women's wrestlers in the mid-80s. Um, I, I just think you could have built it up more than just, oh, by the way, Outback the losers. Jack. Of- <laughs> the Bushwhackers. <laughs> oh, wait, they're from New Zealand, right? Wait a minute. I've I've never heard Rob laugh so much in an episode. Oh my god, the iconic move on. Who cares? You could t- you could run the show now, pal. Go for it. <laughs> oh man. We will talk about the topics only Rob wants to talk. Go uh, ahead. No, I I wanted to I wanted to bring this up because I, I wasn't here last week. Mm-hmm. I I had some stuff I had to deal with. But Pat McAfee, is that one of the best non-wrestling debuts? Did you listen to the show? Rob's going to have a heart attack. Did you listen to the show? I I listened to it. I did. That's why he's doing it. For me, it was one of the better, if not best, non-wrestler athlete from another sport debuts in wrestling. I don't want to talk about that. Compared to other guys like uh, Lawrence Taylor, Mongo McMichael, um, (laughs) Kevin Green, Green, um, Goldberg. (laughs) Didn't Reggie White get in there at one point? Freddie, you don't have a problem with him almost beating the longest reigning NXT champion a triple crown, right? Is he a, a, a triple crown champion in NXT? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. have a problem with him almost beating him in his in his debut match. You don't, that doesn't bother you at all. Yes, it does. It bothers me that it was he almost beat him, but I feel like you got to give him props because he did show the business of respect of learning and giving the respect to the performer of just not being like, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do these three moves and make it look like it's just a charity case. Like he actually put on a good match and I feel like he gave him the respect in that aspect. I don't want to go into the whole thing because Anthony and I thought about it for like 15 minutes last week. (laughs) All I'm going to say is this. 
I, I wouldn't have had a problem if he had debuted against somebody else. Then that wasn't Gargano. That wasn't Cole. That wasn't any of the guys in the ring that were in, in the because to me they're always pushing when you're a when you're a champion when you're a wrestler you're the better than all the other athletes. You know, that you're at the top of your... He, Adam Cole's at the top of his game. And if you have a guy come in off the street with no wrestling background whatsoever, a couple weeks of training, and almost beat your champion, it makes your whole... To me, it makes your whole division look weak. That's my problem. It's a credibility thing. It's not... I don't... I, McPhee, he did a nice job. I give him credit. Mm-hmm. But it's a credibility thing to me. It makes your whole division look weak. I, I see where you're coming from. I do, I do give you props on that. Like, uh, I see the whole credibility thing, but you got to give him, you got to give him props for actually being able to do some of the. Shit I mean, that he, he did, did. He did well. I, I'm not going to argue that. But I mean, that's like, that's yeah. like me showing up at NXT next week and kicking Johnny Gargano's ass. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, you I know, you it's not, not going to happen. It's a scripted show. It's but, not but, like but, it's not like you put fucking Snooky in there and put her over freaking Charlotte. But I also don't show up in Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and kick his ass either. No one would believe it. That has happened at times. No one would believe it. It it's all you they want you to suspend belief. They want you to follow the product. They want you to believe in the product. But if they're showing you that any Tom Dick and Harry can show up off the street and kick any one of their asses, it it ruins that illusion. Like to me, so the, Adam Cole shouldn't have been in this t- title match this week because he, he didn't deserve it. They they should have put somebody else in because he couldn't beat a guy that just that never wrestled before in his life. He won the match. What are you talking about? He, he almost lost. Did did you storm out of the theater when the T one thousand was kicking the T eight hundred's ass? I might have gone to the bathroom. I don't know. I don't All right. You you know when he did storm out when the Iconics broke up on Raw last week? No, I Freddie, <laughs> I dropped to my knees and cried. And I said, no, to the heavens. Damn you. <laughs> Not the Iconics. Why? Break up the Rock and Roll Express. Break up the Undertaker and Kane. Break up the Rockers. Save, save the Iconics, But not please. the Iconics. I didn't have a problem with them breaking up the Iconics. If you were paying attention, I said there was no build up to it. You know what? Break up the Young Bucks, man. But not the Iconics. Hey, you know what? If if there are no selling asses weren't on my TV for a while, I would be fine with that. Hey. <laughs> Hashtag save the Iconics. Save the Iconics. I'm going to start a Twitter feed. You do got, you do realize what asses you look like because all I said was there was no build-up to the whole thing. <laughs> I know you don't. Freddie, I'm going to strip him of the title and we'll do the show without him from now on. Bring it back. Send it this way. By the way, we did throw this out on an Instagram story. Should a celebrity ever beat a professional wrestler in a pro wrestling match? 44% said yes, and then 56% said no. However, the follow-up, what if the celebrity is a professional athlete from another sport? Then it really swayed. Sure, 33%, still no, 67%. Our fans have spoken. <laughs> so Rob is doing his best Sammy Guevara imitation right now. Hashtag save the Iconics. <laughs> We're going to start that hashtag. It's going to be a thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a thing. 
We're two thirds of the way to an F Mary kill, right? There are gonna be people standing out outside the raw with their hands in the air. Yeah. Or maybe they'll put them down, right? Because down under, maybe they'll be pointing down instead. <laughs> what a sad oh. life you leave. That this is the funniest thing. If, if this is sad, you never want to be happy. Did Skinner classify as a man from down under, or was he from Florida? He was from Florida. 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 All right. The Everglades. That was a, a long But uh, he what he he. What an incar- what a reincarnation for him. He was wasn't he a pretty boy tag team back in the day? He was uh, part of the fabulous ones. Steve Kern, Stan Lane. I saw Stan a Lane. funny a, a funny meme this week that said, uh, "Who knew that Shawn Michaels came back as Skinner from the nineties?" Oh, there were there was somebody else that I also saw a meme. It was Michaels, but they were comparing him to someone else. I'll have to find that. Um, Speaking of Shawn Michaels, uh, one of the bookers for NXT, what did you guys think of this title situation and how the Iron Man match went? I like the spot of Cole and um, Baylor with the two suite in the ring for the Bullet Club. Um, I think it's going to wind up going to Baylor. Or Balor, sorry. Um I think he'll wind up being the champ. Uh, I think I called it in the group chat with us. So I think we all uh, did. We all did. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to be time for him to run with the NXT title again. Okay. Um, I know Rob had issue with the ending. Rob, you want to enlighten us? Well, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was odd. Um, I don't even remember. What did I say? I don't even remember at this point. You said that Balor looks stupid. Oh yeah, I went, Balor gets the pin right, and he and he's ahead, and he he like relaxes for a second, and he gets pinned. And I mean, what's the number one rule in an Ironman match, right? When you're ahead, you get out of the ring, or you get you make sure you don't get pinned. So he looked to me, he looked stupid. He looked like he didn't know what was going on. There was still a, plenty of time for another pin to to occur, and of course it did. What I don't understand is I don't know why they decided to do a one an, an Iron Man an hour long Iron Man match and have everybody get a fall. Why couldn't they just do two matches and then have the winner face that? Because to me it looked like after a while I'm like, well, you know, they're they're not going to have one of these guys not get a fall. I mean, they're not going to have Champa not pin somebody. So when it was all one one one, I'm like, did they not think? What if the match ended at like were they not thinking ahead? Like I know realistically they had an ending in sight, but I mean, what if it would ended all once? Like, like I, I was trying to just figure out, like, what, what was the the point of it all? If they really just wanted to get Balor and Cole in the ring, why didn't they just have that happen? Because to me, there wasn't anything real special about that match. It was good, but it was a match. You know, it didn't for a while there, I'm like, is anybody going to go for any pins at some point? You know, like, you know, like, the whole point of Ironman matches is get as many pins as you can. And for a while there, they were just beating on each other, and I'm like, Nobody's wants to try to pin anybody at this point, and then it, then they went up pin crazy. So I think it was almost it was booked kind of weird. This coming from the guy that praises AEW, who you see one pinfall attempt at a match right at the end. They don't try to pin each other throughout the match. So I don't know. There were six pinfalls in that hour. That's way more than we saw in the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels one. Way more than 
are probably equal to what we saw in like some of the other ones like Rock, Triple H. I thought actually thought it was one of the better matches this year. I wouldn't say it was necessarily match of the year. I think it would be a contender, but I'm sure there's going to be some stuff that beats that and some stuff that already has. I was okay with the ending. There was 18 seconds left, and usually you don't have an Iron Man match with four people in it. They've never done that before. So I didn't have a problem with it. My question was more, did they just not know who they wanted to put over between Cole and Balor, and maybe this bought them a week? Or it could be because they're on Tuesday night, they're trying to get eyeballs on the different night. Um, there is heavy talk, and let's see what you guys think about this. Uh, there's conflicting reports as to who's suggesting this, but there's talk that NXT might be moving to Tuesday nights. Now... Couple of thoughts from you guys. Do you think if that happens, AEW then technically wins this so-called Wednesday Night War? Uh, would you prefer that they stay on the same night and the war continues? Would you prefer them on separate nights? Uh, let's go. Let's Freddie. Why don't you start off? Um, I feel like separate nights would be better because is it really a competition? Like, does it does it really matter? Are you switching back and forth? Everybody's DVRing it anyways. Like, so it doesn't really matter. It's not like back in Monday Night Wars where there was no DVR. You had to tape one or you had to wear out your last button or your previous button just to be able to see um, what was going on. And you you had a high tech. You had a high tech remote control for the late nineties. There, I didn't have anything cool. Remember, like they used to they used to replay Nitro right after, so you could actually watch them back to back. You could watch them back to back. Yep. But then somebody already spoiled it because at that point, everybody was calling each other. Your parents are like, "Why the hell is little Jimmy calling you at ten o'clock at night?" But I, I feel like it would be better to be different nights because then everybody gets to shine. It's not, it wasn't really a competition from the first place because look at the playoffs. Now they weren't on the same nights anyway. So run in different nights, let everybody get their shine. And then let's see who really, who really outperforms who then. Well, I agree with Freddie. I, I don't really care because I DVR both of them. So they could be on – they're on the same time. It doesn't matter to me. I watch them the next day anyway. I don't watch anything live really anymore. What I will say this is, in in my opinion, WWE lost the war because they decided to put NXT on against AEW. And if they leave and they move to Tuesday, they're, they're pretty much uh, you know, declaring defeat. USA Network's not happy with the, that situation. They want to have – looks like they want to have wrestling on it Tuesday by itself and with no competition. So either either they don't have faith in WWE, which is probably more likely the case, is that they're not liking the fact that the ratings are too close. And now they're seeing on with them on separate nights, they're getting better numbers. So I think they're going to force WWE's hand. But I don't know why they put on NXT. You know, with all the nights in the week, I don't know why you picked the same night to, like, to have both shows. There were plenty of other times you could have done that. Hold- I'm going to correct you. Mm-hmm. NXT's been on Wednesday nights even before they went on USA Network. They were on the network live every Wednesday right, night. Right, but not everybody so. has a network. So they moved, okay. They purposely moved them to USA at the same time. So technically, I hear what you're saying. I'm not arguing that point, but they did move them mm-hmm. to free TV. 
the other thing is NXT does end up on the network 24 hours after it airs. So a lot of people, I could watch AEW. I don't even need to waste my DVR on NXT because I could watch it without the commercials the very next night. I'm always been curious about those numbers. Uh, What I also found interesting with this week with the Tuesday NXT ratings, they replayed NXT the very next night on sci-fi and they still got over a hundred. I think it was 163,000 viewers, which I was like, they got that many. I was, I was shocked when NXT was on USA the night before it's on the network right now, as we're recording this, it's Thursday night. So it should be up there now. Where were these hundred thousand people that all of a sudden showed up to watch it on the full channel sci-fi. That being said, I don't care what anybody says. Both shows have lost. And I would say Raw and SmackDown are losing. Uh, more Raw. SmackDown, I think, has been steady since it's been on Fox, but Raw is losing as well. They've lost so many viewers on Raw, it's it's pathetic. NXT and AEW, I think it's a travesty that neither one of those shows is hitting a million views a week. I mean, just last night, AEW went un- unopposed. Their ratings were slight. The number of viewers were slightly higher than what NXT had going solo on Wednesday nights within 100,000 people. But they still didn't clear that 1 million viewer mark. That, to me, is really concerning about wrestling. So I'm okay with them having it on separate nights, partially because I'm more likely to watch both shows and not sound like an idiot when I come on this podcast. <laughs> CVG. Yeah, he'll never listen to this anyway. Um, I'm okay with it being on separate nights. I keep hearing about the wrestling's in this great boom period. Everybody, you know, wrestling's, it's such a great time to be a wrestling fan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, the view number of viewers are going down. How can you really say that? I think it's, I don't, tr- I think it's true, though. I think it's true from a live standpoint. There are a lot of independent shows out there. There are a lot of different ways to watch wrestling um, and go see it. I think what you're not seeing now is uh, WWE and AEW is a lot of it's a lot of the same wrestlers and things like that. So I mean, if you're not really watching WWE, you're not watching AEW either, because just the same, you know, it's just a, a you know Brody Lee moves from one show to the next. So I think yeah. I think you're you're talking about from a live fan standpoint, you know, obviously before everything that occurred. I think it was a good time because the indies were coming back. You had you, every time I ride around my neighborhood, there's always an indie show going on somewhere. So I think from that aspect, there's a lot of wrestling around. From a TV aspect, I think you're absolutely right. I think the there's a I think it's become almost a niche. Like people aren't watch aren't casually tuning in anymore. You're only getting your hardcores now. Well, and that's my point that that niche audience are the same ones going to all these indie shows and watching all these different wrestling shows. So I feel like I actually feel like if for a wrestling fan, there yes, there is more variety. However, across the board, I feel like the business really needs some sort of a rebound, some sort of kick in the ass because they're not bringing in the casual viewers, and that's what they're looking for. We're watching every week. We're not going anywhere. It's a as I. As I've said a couple months ago, I'll admit it. It's an addiction for me. So how do you get these people that they lost all these years? They just keep bleeding viewers. And I got to think a lot of them were hardcores. You hear them complaining about it on the IWC every week. But, you know, here's the thing. I was I noticed something the other night. I was watching the ads for the new WWE game. And who's featured? The Rock. The Undertaker. Becky Lynch. Nobody who's wrestling right now. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem. Where Cena's gone, 
the you know there's these, nobody no, to market right now exactly and AEW where whereas they've got some good names there I mean they really don't have that, that iconic person Jericho is probably the closest to it and he's he's not A he's B he's yes. not a Cena he's not a Rock he's B. He does a lot of bragging for a guy that's heading a show that hasn't cleared a million views when right. he was on a show that was like, he. I mean, he was on Raw when they hit, what was it, 8 million views? He was probably on that, or, yeah, he was, he was uh, wasn't he on the roster when they did the Rock and Sock, uh, This Is Your Life segment? He was already there. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, didn't he have the biggest debut, one of the biggest highly rated debuts in WWE history when he showed up? And they probably did, the, did the countdown and yeah, I think so. Like I don't remember, but I think Y2J so. Y2J thing. Right. That's why when he was calling himself a demo god, I'm like, all right, compared to NXT maybe, but against Raw and SmackDown, AEW's demo numbers are probably, I think they're within line of each other. So are you really a demo god? And why do you keep talking smack about how you're this great god-like person and legend when you're on a show that doesn't clear a million views? I just... I think it makes him look stupid in some respects. And I think he's a little bit delusional at times, but I don't know. Um, now, speaking of AEW, uh, we have all out this weekend. Uh, but before we get into that and our picks, first off, I want to kind of fantasy book with you guys. You guys are big AEW fans. Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. They're facing FTR. Notwithstanding that match and what the results are for that. What do you do with Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega after this? Kenny Omega is going back to being the cleaner. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah, his character in Japan. Have... He's going to, he's right. going to heel turn. Cause they, right. they keep making him the page look like the bad guy, but that they're going to swerve that because Kenny yeah. Omega is better as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, that's what's going to happen there because they're Adam page is going to, you know, that's going to be the feud and Omega is going to be the heel. Okay. Do you, are you, do you kill the elite then? Can Omega stay with the bucks? Oh no, they're out. The elite is done. The elite's done. Yeah. All right. So they got it. They got to get rid of their YouTube show then, huh? Well, I mean the, 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 the bucks could do it. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can is, eventually. Isn't Cody still part of the Omega elite? I mean, he can still do it, right? I mean, is he? Is he? Because I don't know. Every week they bring. It seems like he's in the elite when they're doing some sort of like major eight man tag. Otherwise, he's the Nightmare Family. He's with with uh, his brother and his wife and QT Marshall. Uh, all right. What about you, Freddie? Omega versus Page. You think that's the way to go? Yeah. Is that what you I book? Think, I think that's the payoff here. You've you've been teasing it for a while. I think that, like Rob said, the swerve would be perfect. You have everybody thinking it's going to be Hangman, but it's really Omega, and that's where that's where he made his name as the cleaner. So it would make sense to put him over that way and finally give him his real singles run in the states. Could you see them both going singles as heels and not necessarily splitting up per se or feuding with each other? Because I feel like Hangman and Page, they've really, he look he he's so heelish with the drinking. How much? How 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 far are you willing to go to make him stay as that face now? Well, he you could like turn a, him. You could turn him like Austin. Austin had the drinking too. You could turn him in similar aspect to that, where he's popping cold ones whenever, or beer money. 
they had their run where they were drinking booze all the time too. Mm-hmm. Just don't have them fall off the Titan Tron. Too much? Too far? I, mean, I, didn't, look, think Omega Hulk, Page I didn't think Hawk was drunk, Kenny, but... Omega and Page, they're not the Iconics. You know, let's not get crazy. <laughs> all right? Yeah. They're not up there. On the, they're not in the upper echelon of tag teams. But, you know, I still think they're going to break up. I still I still think that a, a Page is going to be the the good guy in this scenario. I think people are cheering him like mad anyway. I think Kenny Omega, they're kind of like, eh, on. Yeah. So. Are FTR considered faces or heels then? Uh, I think they're going to, I mean, I think in this match, they're going to end up being the heels, but. Um, because I they th- supposedly influenced Adam Page. Yeah. So does Page end up going I, up I, against I, them I, for yeah. making them look stupid or what? I don't know. I don't know about that, but I think uh, in the end, I think Paige and Omega, there's going to be some kind of miscommunication mm-hmm. and they're going to lose and then Omega is going to turn on Paige. Okay. I can see that. And that moves FTR into the feud with the, the Young Bucks. As champs, yeah. Okay, so you're saying the next pay-per-view full gear in November, you got to do that match then? Yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? Who else is poised to be the, ne- to be the next team, you know? Right, right. That's a feud everybody. That's like they say. That's a feud everybody wants. So, wait, Freddie, are you insinuating Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are going to beat the Young Bucks uh, on this Saturday night? No, I'm not insinuating that. Only I if mean, they follow pre- the iconic strategy, they might win. They might win. Yeah, I'd prefer Jurassic Express win that match, but I'm pretty well sure that's not going to happen. Um, okay, so you guys both think full gear is when you got to do FTR in the Young Bucks once and for all. Yep. Okay. What about Moxley? Whether or not he gets past MJF, who's next for him? Do you do a rematch with MJF, or is there another challenger you guys have in mind, provided he walks out with the belt? Or maybe he doesn't walk out with the belt. Is it bad to say who cares um, over Moxley at this point? Well, I, see, look, here's it, the thing. I, I, I did a little research. I, I, I agree with you to a point, Freddie, but here's the thing. Well, you were swinging in his praises that he deserved to be number one in well, the PWI 500. Now me, you're let turning? Me, let me say what I was going to say. Yeah, you've been cutting me the, off all night. Why not? I think, <laughs> I think the one thing um, Moxley hasn't gotten is he hasn't gotten to perform in front of the fans. And I think you could. Uh, there is a train of thought that says, you know, maybe they're going to let him hang on the championship a little longer. So he gets that kind of crowd reaction, and maybe they drag out this MGF feud a little longer. This is one of the matches that I'm I'm still on the fence. I don't really know where I'm going to go with this one yet because I think MJF has all the momentum in the world, and it would make sense for him to to win the championship. But then I'm thinking, maybe not yet. Maybe I, maybe he loses in some weird way, and he you know he gets a a, a rematch. And then they t- pull the title change, or maybe he and Wardlow. Maybe there's a miscommunication, and they, you know, and they have a problem, and maybe they drop MJF into that for a little while, and let Moxley hang onto the belt a little longer. Because I think my, uh, in a related topic, I think my winner of the twenty man Casino Battle Royal, I think, is going to be either Darby Allen or Lance Archer. I can't. I'm still on the fence about that one too. And if it's Archer, I think Moxley hangs on to the belt because I think that's his next challenger. 
but I don't, I'm still there's three matches on this card coming up that I'm just I, I could almost flip a coin. I'm really just not sure where I'm going to go yet. So. Yeah, I'm not. For Moxley. See, I would say Brody Lee. Go after that TNT title. But we've already seen him, them just face off. Brian Cage, we've already seen him just face off. Um, actually, no, I was going to say Omega, but with Omega, yeah, you got you yeah, got to do Omega Page first. Maybe they're going to have to bring somebody new in. I don't know. Maybe it'll be uh, Rusev. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think Moxley MJF ends. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I suspect that, that ma- there's going to be a rematch at full gear. Maybe we'll see Moxley in a day state after a grueling match hits that paradigm shift and gets himself disqualified and MJF wins the belt that way and you do the rematch at full gear. I don't know. I don't think the Moxley MJF feud ends after all out. I feel like we're just touching the surface and this is one that they could get one more pay-per-view out of. Or maybe you th- or you hope that you get a big enough crowd that you can do that match on a random dynamite uh before full gear. Maybe you give it another month or so. I don't know. I, I think MJF and Moxley you don't end it this weekend. Well, do we want to make our picks while we're talking about this? I think we might as well. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, the yeah. I want to make my pick for saving the iconics. <laughs> that is that is my pick. I dedicate this pay per view to the to the breakup of the iconics. I'll t- I'll tell you one thing that's a plus. Um, the AEW production crew doesn't have to worry about bleeping curses out this week because they got my you fucked up finding of the week. Every single time somebody cursed on Dynamite this week, they were about three seconds too late trying to blank it out. Every single time. I was like, shit, fuck, I heard them all go across the air, and I was like, damn, somebody's really screwing up. They're lucky they don't work for Vince. They would have been fired immediately for that. Shit, somebody got fired this week. All right, so this Saturday we do have All Out. Uh, this is the first pay-per-view on the AEW brand that's actually hitting their second time being used. So hats off to them. Uh, great job. They are not going anywhere, AEW. They're going to be around for a long time. So some of these idiots that said, oh, they're not going to be around for much longer, shut shut the fuck up. They're not going anywhere. They're right. It's said, iconic. Yes, it is. So uh, before we get into the picks, just to summarize, Freddie and the Devil's Advocate both finished seven and one on payback, so they're the pay-per-view chance. But Rob retains the world title. Uh, Steven and I went six and two. Uh, Steven's pick for fuck Roman. R- Roman is a Vince McMahon cocksucker. The fiend for the W was definitely wrong. And yes, folks, that's exactly what he wrote. He also said that he was picking who he wanted to win, but then he said Baszler or Jax, unfortunately. Freddie, I don't know if I told you, I I would prefer bowing. Or, or genuflecting when you address me as the champion. See, the, the way my leg is set up, I can't bend the knee. Okay, then I, then I would accept <laughs> this. He or, doesn't know that this. reference, Freddy. Or, Who's or Triple C? Don't make eye Who's con- Triple C? Don't make eye contact with me, okay? You're not allowed to look me in the eye, okay? 
I would say your title reign is iconic, but it's not. <laughs> not yet, not yet, not not hey, like I'm, mine I'm, was. I'm no Billy Kay, so. All right. Speaking of other bimbos, uh, we have a tooth and nail match on All Out. Doctor Britt Baker facing Big Swole. According to the genius that is Melser, it's going to be a cinematic format. I don't know that AEW is going to want to do something like that. Um, Tony Khan did say on AEW Restricted, uh, the podcast today, that it will be Falls Count Anywhere. Uh, first off, cinematic match? Well, they've done that. I already. guess it kind of is. Are they going to do that live? I want to know where they're really filming this because you can't tell me that the dental practice Britt Baker works at is allowing them to basically destroy them their office for a match, you know? Unless they're doing the remodeling. That's <laughs> true. I mean, the Jaguars stadium is big enough to do something like that. Make a fake dental office. Make a fake dental office somewhere. I honestly could give two craps about any of this. Yeah, um, Britt Baker. Freddie's just getting to the point. I think uh, Big Swole. I'm going to agree with Rob, and that's really based on how things went down on AEW dynamite this week um sadly as baker and reba rebel whatever she's calling herself are smashing the pizza in big swole's face i'm thinking to myself that pizza looked pretty damn good why would you ruin such a good pizza big, on that? big swole sounds dirty doesn't it <laughs> like like come on over honey i got a big swole for you well couldn't you couldn't you named uh what is it naya Ro- Nyla what what's her name? Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. Ni- Nyla Rose. Big She's swole. got a big swole. <laughs> there we go. I'm just kidding. You know, Steven's not on, so we didn't need to lose the LGBTQ people again. Just kidding. Again. Just kidding. Again. Just kidding. They were just starting to creep back up. Right. We finally had double-digit listeners Damn. in a week. Damn, yeah. All right. Um, in a tag team match, which probably decides the number one contenders, uh, Young Bucks and Jurassic Express, based on the fact that they teamed up together and beat SCU, and I believe it was the night was it the Nightmare Family? I don't Private remember party. who was. Who was it? Private Party. Private Party. Thank you. So I thought that was funny. Young Bucks and Jurassic Express against Private Party and SCU. And SCU and the winners will face each other at All Out. And I was like, okay, who who booked this? That's like some WWE level booking right there. Cody Bucks. Yeah, Bucks all the way. Okay, yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. Rob's like, hurry up, I got stuff to do. I don't have anything to do. I just. I think we all agree it's going to be the Young Bucks. Yeah. Uh, and what they're calling a broken rules match, it's Matt Hardy against Sammy Guevara with the stipulation that if Hardy loses, he must leave AEW. This is one of those weird ones where I feel like, is this going to be like Cody and Jericho last year where Cody said, if I lose, I'll never get another title shot. And everyone's like, oh yeah, Cody's going to win. And then he didn't. Is Hardy just going to be a backstage agent or is his ego too big to... Go there. What's what's really left for Hardy anyways? Is he According drawing? to him, he 
you the reason why he came to AEW is because WWE wouldn't use him the way he felt they should be used. They didn't give him that creative freedom. So I'm picking Hardy just because I think his I think he's his ego's too big to realize that maybe it's time. Well, the, the stipulation is they won't fight in AEW anymore. No, Hardy leaves AEW. And then do we see Broken Matt Hardy from the Hardy compound for the rest of his AEW career? Could that he's be our, his way out? I, I thought Where of that, but... He's still AEW, but he's from the Hardy compound. The stipulation was specifically he must leave AEW. That was my understanding. But I did think, oh, maybe it's just the one character. Who the hell knows with them? Yeah. I, I don't know. Would he... Would, AEW really do some shady booking like that, though? I just don't see it. Yes. I think so. Yes. Okay. Well, all right, then. So who do you like, anyway. Fred? <laughs> um, as much as I'd want to go Sammy Guevara, I'm going to have to go Matt Hardy here. Sammy Guevara. Okay. Matt Hardy transitions to a backstage role. So next up we have... An eight-man tag team match. It's Brody Lee, Cole Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson from the Dark Order facing off against the former Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares, which is Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. Should I just put Dark Order across the board for everybody? Yeah, I might as well. <laughs> Freddy's like, I can't lose points that way, so I'll just play the safe bet. All right, uh, we have... The 20 man, 21, 21 man. man, excuse me, 21 man, Casino Battle Royal with the winner, we're assuming, getting a title shot. That's usually how it works. Do they get to walk uh, around with the giant uh, money chip? Is that a thing still? <laughs> probably. It probably is. Um, so they really only have announced nine people in this match? I'm checking their website to see if maybe they've added somebody, but... The goddamn match is even on their website now. What the frig? How many how many released WWE stars do we see in this match? <laughs> so can you pick <laughs> can you pick uh, can you say anyone not in the listed in the nine as your choice? If you want. Why not? Okay. Go ahead. I mean, God knows nobody expected Brian Cage to win. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, there's no way you could have picked him. You wouldn't know he was gonna be in it. Yeah, and this is that match that I was disappointed in some of the participants because I felt like it stopped some other feuds from having their culmination at the pay-per-view. But anyway, so far announced, and I'm going off the wiki page, Darby Allen, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, The Butcher, The Blade, Eddie Kingston, Sean Spears. Okay, yeah, see, there's some new names, uh, at least uh, according to this. Sean Spears. Billy, just Billy. Remember, there's no gun there. Austin Gunn. Well, I guess he's finally making his debut. Jake Hager, Ortiz, Santana, Chuck Taylor, and Trent. So that's almost How the whole names? group. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So there's, there's four, four names we don't know yet. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, I'm, I'm you know torn between Darby Allen and Lance Archer. 
Do you guys want to do two each? No, I think we should pick one. Then go ahead, pick one. Um, I don't have a coin to flip. I guess I'm going to go with Archer. You're going Archer, okay. Freddy? I'm going to go with Rusev. I think he makes his debut here, and I think he wins the... But if they don't announce him as Rusev, Rusev, you lose. Well, (laughs) then it's whatever his name is. Toby... Toby Miro. Yeah, something. Whatever she's... Yeah, Toby Miro or whatever his name is now. Okay. Yeah, um... I like that guy TBD. He can beat anybody. <laughs> or vacant. Ste- I'm going with vacant. Ste- He's from parts Ste- unknown too, probably. Yeah. Um, those, those guys are crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that I'm gonna assume that MJF might walk it. Well, but he might not. Um, I'm gonna go with Darby Allen just because I'm gonna pick who I want to win instead of who you're gonna I pick Darby. Really I'm picking Darby. Okay. Where'd you get Darb T from? Because you, you typed it with a T first. And then you fixed it to a Y. So You're studying what I'm typing more than I am. Well, maybe, maybe that's the problem right there. Good. Behind the scenes, folks. Rob's giving it all tonight. I'm lifting detail. up the curtain. This is right. not iconic, guys. It's not iconic. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of women, um, this is an iconic match uh we actually have a champion from another company coming in and challenging for a belt we have the reigning nwa women's champion Thunderosa against the reigning aew women's champion ikaro shida with the aew women's championship on the line um before we go like into you, that i would like you to give shida the same respect you gave Thunder Rosa. i need it in a, in a japanese accent please i don't want to lose any more listeners so i'm not even going to try that <laughs> Okay, go ahead. What I will say is Thunder Rosa this week on Dynamite faced Serena Deeb. And I was as I'm watching this match, I'm like, wow, these two put on a better women's match than anybody on that roster has for the last year. Holy crap. I thought that was really interesting. It's like you got this entire roster of women for AEW and the random that you brought in for one night and the random you brought in for a couple matches put basically blew your entire division away. It's not very tough to do, though. <laughs> this is a tough one. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, do you do you want someone from another company coming in and beating your champion? But on the other hand, Dunder Rosa is like, a, I didn't know much about her, but the more I find out about her, I mean, she's like the hottest thing going right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that isn't in, in the WWE or AEW. So, I mean, do you give her the rub? I don't. This is one of those matches I was going back and forth on. Because I'm like, on one hand, I mean, they've shown they're not afraid to bring in outsiders and give them, you know, the keys to the castle, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and you know, with the the NWA plans up in the air, you know, I mean, are they going to run any more shows? What's the story with that? What kind of relationship is this? Mm. If they're going to bring Thunder Rose in, this would be the way to do it. This is the way to show them. Like, this is this is the way the WWE should have handled their invasion if this is actually going to happen. Right, you give the the challenger some credibility, and you make AEW rise to the occasion. So I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to pick Thunder Rosa. I think she's set up. I think they showcased her on Dynamite. 
to make her a credible contender, and I think she is. I think she should win the title, and I think Sheeta can win, can win her, it back in a rematch at some point. I don't think there's any benefit to having Rosa lose now. Yeah, without her losing the credibility. Right? I mean, I think she should win. And then that, that makes a very interesting rematch down the line. Yeah, I'm going to go with you, Rob. I'm going to go with Rosa. Of course you are. It's iconic. <laughs> I think that should be the title of this week's podcast. Save the Iconics? Yeah, hashtag Save the Iconics. STI, man. I'm going to go against you guys, um, partially because NWA did announce that they're in a partnership with Thunder Studios and the United Wrestling Network, and they're supposed to be back on weekly pay-per-view. Oh, God, it's like TNA all over again, starting Tuesday, September 15th. Great time for NXT to possibly move to Tuesday, huh? Um, yeah, I think this. I don't think necessarily this is the last we're going to see of Thunder Rosa, but I think she is going to win. I don't think there's enough known about Thunder Rosa to do that title change yet. All right, AEW World Tag Team Championship, and I think we already know Rob's pick for this one. Um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page defending against FTR. Are we just going FTR across the board? Yeah. Okay. Enough said. All right. Uh, me- I can't believe this is a match. Mimosa Mayhem, Chris Jericho, and Orange Cassidy. Go ahead, Rob. You were defending this match last week. Go ahead. I don't know. Um, I think Jericho wins. I don't see him losing two in a row to Orange Cassidy. I think think Jericho ends up in the Mimosa at some point anyway, but I don't see Cassidy winning. Yeah, I mean, it's not the only way you could win that match either. Yeah, I, I think I don't see him winning two times in a row. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think Orange Cassidy's already gotten a rub by having this prolonged feud with Jericho, and he's going to shine to win or lose. Um, he really comes out looking way better than he did before. I, before the, Really, before these matches even started, he wasn't really even featured that often, so hats off to Orange Cassidy. He's definitely killed it. I'm going to agree with you, though. I think Jericho wins. Ready? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Jericho here, too. I think Cassidy doesn't lose any momentum, whether he wins or loses. So, I think it's the perfect win-win for him. You want to keep Jericho in the, in up near the top too, in case you know uh, you need a challenger for the title. You know, if he loses yeah. Orange Cassidy again, he kind of loses that. Yeah. So I think he has to still be there. So I, I think you guys, I think we're all right about this one. Okay. Um, this one I feel is really tough because of the way Dynamite ended, and if it was WWE booking. Probably across the board, pick Moxley, but it's not. It's AEW. They do like to keep people on their toes, and they don't necessarily follow the tired and true formula in pro wrestling. Which hats off to them for that, because I think that's great. Um, we got Moxley defending against MJF. Um, the paradigm shift has been banned. With that in mind. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say MJF wins. Um, I could see them going with Moxley. Um, if you're going with that WWE formula, as I mentioned, Moxley would definitely win because he came out looking terrible at the end of Dynamite with the beatdown. But uh, I think MJF, there's just a lot of momentum there, uh, and 
you could still put the belt back on Moxley, maybe a full gear in a rematch. But um, I, 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 where does MJF go from there if he doesn't win? You know, I'm gonna go with MJF because I'm I'm over the Moxley title win. I just think his his act ran stale, just like it did in WWE for me. And so I'm gonna have to Amen. go MJF. You're going with the Stevie G pick method. Who you want to win? I don't yeah. see after giving MJF all of this TV time, all of this mm-hmm. these angles, this crew, um, having him on TV in the main events every week. I, I don't see how he doesn't win. Um, you know, I, I, I'm still like I'm like fifty forty nine. You know, I could go, I could be swayed either way. I think I'm going to go with MJF. But I could certainly see Moxley winning in this feud continuing. But I think it's MJF's time now. I don't see where, if he loses now, I I don't see what the point of all this was. All right, so we're all going MJF across the board. Okay, um, now before we wrap up... um, since you guys have had some fun, especially Rob, F. Mary Kill, Iconics or Big Swole? Right, well, that's not how that works. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, and Big Swole. Those are three. Um, since I can't even remember what the Iconics look like, <laughs> uh, and I probably couldn't pick them out of a lineup, um, I think I would kill Big Swole and I'd marry one of the other ones and F one of the other ones. Got to pick one. Got to pick one. Billy K. I marry and what's the other one's name? Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce. Sean Spears' wife. Oh, I definitely. I don't know. Fuck her. I don't know. Whatever. Ooh. It wasn't a good list. You just threw that out there. I mean, it, there, there wasn't a correlation. I went with the three you shit on throughout the show. <laughs> well, should, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> could have included yourself in that list too, but <laughs> they shit all over you. <laughs> and with that being said, with that, <laughs> that is I digress. Episode. That is our episode for tonight. Thank you guys for listening. The Sports Frenzy Podcast dot com and all the Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter for all our tweets, polls, and information. So we and thank hate you mail. Guys for listening. <laughs> and hate mail. Send it, send it on over. We thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.